It's time for the final stage to begin. Hello, and welcome back to the Lost Legends of Scadrial Mistborn Adventure Game Podcast. And welcome back to Season 3. I'm here with the rest of the Fluffles gang. Hi, I'm John. I go by Clovermite Online, and I play Tony Darkomancy. I'm David, and I play Lord Falco. My name is Brian, and my character's called Tajmil. I'm Kelly, and I play Merida. It's very interesting to me that we're jumping into season three after about six months of not recording, because I think that's right around maybe a little bit less than the amount of time that the listeners are going to spend between seasons. So um, I don't know what we want to do with that information. Uh, I just thought it was interesting and wanted to mention that. Um, are you guys excited? Yes. Very much so. Yeah, we, we left on quite a, hit, a cliffhanger. <laughs> Painfully excited. Um, where where do we jump back in? Uh, I do want to jump back in, but uh, where do we start? There's there's I a mean, lot. Did to we even talk to Alloy? No. At the end of the season. Nope. nope. Well, I think that's a logical choice. Start with Alloy, and then yeah. you know, well, whoever Brian's that. That would be fantastic for Lord Falcom if uh, we could just skip right there. Uh, I see three jumping in points. Tony and Merida, outside of Lord Mistborn's manor. Tajmil with Spook. Or Lord Falcombe with the other group. Welcome to Season 3, where we've split the party. I think Lord Falcombe with the other group is uh, the most interesting from my perspective. Because it's not like there's a lot of challenge ahead for Tony and Merida. They just go home, well, or wait. Yeah. Uh, Brian is out, you know, like, if, if Spook, I'm assume, isn't there until we've all left, so that makes the most obvious one David, or with Lord Falcombe and how they get out. Uh, okay, so Lord Falcombe, uh, you have just left the manor. Uh, you are holding this jar of spikes that is cracked on the bottom. Um, there is a handkerchief. Wait, I'm holding it? I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, it was handed to you at the end. Okay, okay, gotcha. Um, I thought I had it, asked where it was, so maybe that that was that. I think you asked for it, and they gave it to you. Okay, let's go. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, um, there is a handkerchief on the bottom that is being used to stymie the flow of blood. But there is definitely blood leaking from the bottom of this container. Okay. Only they had flex seal. If only. Um, like full on. We're sprinting back to the hideout, right? To our um, designated. You, like, yeah, you've you've left location. the window. Um, that Not was nearby hideout, but our hideout, so we can recoup. Um, uh, Snee and Lady Fatine are sort of leading you towards a safe house that they've got set up. Okay. So, as long as it's all... Stranger danger. <laughs> yeah. Danger zone. 
Anyways, uh, we'll keep on running along. Uh, first, I'm gonna need a spirit roll from you, and you do have one spent. Go, go get your dice. Let's jump over to uh, Tony and Merida for a second. Then, um, you two, Tony, you helped to kind of try, help put out the fire. Um, it was able mm-hmm. to get stopped without being too terrible. Um, after that. Are you kind of hanging around to talk to somebody? Um, I know Merida was saying that she kind of wanted to pull you out. Um, I don't remember exactly where we left that. But um, who cares about what we said then? Mm-hmm. What are you feeling, Tony, like, first course of action after he feels the pyre is out? Uh, I think the first thing would be to continue to try and, like, make sure everyone is okay. You know, raise morale kind of a deal. I think... The moment Merida, if she is trying to pull him aside, he might give some initial resistance, but then just go with it. I think uh, in the and past, then Kelly. Yeah, I think in the past I wanted us to just leave, but maybe thinking now that might be a little suspicious, so she'll just follow him around. Okay, um, Tony, why don't you start with a riding roll? Um, I am going to have you do the effect crowd stunt. Uh, what is it that you are trying to riot? Um, man, my vocabulary is escaping me. Courage isn't quite the right word that I'm looking for, but like a sense of determination and hope, you know, like not the like, oh, shit, we almost died. But the like, man, look what we did. We're a good team. OK, uh, go ahead and give me a riding roll. So I've got a double check effect crowd that's, yeah, minus two. My rating is six, so that's four. Do I get bonuses for anything? Um, I don't think so. This is purely a Alamancy roll. Roll my four. All right, so I got a five and three nudges, so I'm going to spend two to re-roll. And I got twos. Um, with twos, you see a couple of the wait staff um, starting to uh, look um, a little bit more braced. Um, you do see Jim in the corner. Um, he seems to be unaffected by it. If you were, unless you were like trying to actively disinclude him, um, but you also see that the uh, Lord Mistborn Stewart um, is starting to walk over towards you. And uh, he does. He has a very uh, a, a look of consternation on his face. Um, and it does not appear as if this has affected him in any way. Um. Yeah, Tony. Tony just approaches him. Uh, he walks up and he grabs you by the arm and starts pulling you towards a uh, the side hallway outside of the main ballroom. Ow. Uh, Merida, how are you reacting to this? Well, of course I'm going to follow him, because I think Tony's a little slow in making himself in trouble. Okay, but you're not, like, intervening in any way. You're just going to follow along with him. Yeah, I'm not intervening. Uh, Okay, so he pulls you over into the hallway, um, and his face turns from, like, brave and serious with the consternation to flat-out angry. Um, And he leans forward angrily, whispering... Just what do you think it is that you're trying to pull here? You almost burned the whole manor down. Hey, I put out that fire, thank you very much. The fire that you started. Hey, I, it was an accident, alright? You know, new trick, 
I'll get the, the kinks out for next time. Do you know what kind of disaster it would have been if the all of the nobility was... What am I even supposed to do with you now? Thank me? Thank you? Thank yeah. you? You almost burned the house down! Yeah, I helped make sure everyone got out of there safely. I put the fire out, thank you very much. Get out. You are not welcome here. Rude. And Tony just, like, back turns to him. Starts walking away. Meredith's gonna follow, out, follow after him. Okay. Uh, David, are you back? I am indeed. Uh, go ahead and give me that spirit roll. We will jump back to you. Alright. Rolling dice. What's my spirit? Uh, you have a roll of three because you've spent one. Uh, that's a pair of twos and a one. Uh, with pair of twos and a one, um, you kind of feel the spikes shifting, um, inside of the, the jar, and you hear a voice in your head say, there is something in there for you. I'm going to speak to that voice in my head, and, uh, how do I get this where it needs to go? Should I take it to Alloy? I cannot answer that. Well, I think that it would be... And give me another spirit roll. That's a pair of nudges, so... And a three. So um, and then, and then re-roll is still just two dice, right? Uh, yeah, so you would have... Uh, I'm just going to say you can't do it. You don't have enough dice. Yeah, no, that, that I was going to say. It's pretty pitiful. Um... Fortune is clouded around Alloy, and there is no clear path forward. I cannot guide you on this. All I can do is provide you some aid. And um, as you look down into the jar, um, you see two spikes kind of float towards the top that you recognize as Chandra Blessings. All right, so how close are they following me? Um, you guys are in a pretty tight group. Um, you, I, I think that um, you are kind of in the middle. Uh, Lady Fatine is up front. Um, you've got Liv in the back, uh, Liv in the very back, and then the rest are kind of like grouped around you, trying to uh, keep the spikes at the center. Um, and you guys are a decent distance away. Um, give me a quick wits roll. One second. Not great with those. No bonuses? No bonuses. Alright. Uh, nothing. Okay, um, yeah, so you're, you're running along in a, um, tight group. Um, you are kind of, I'm assuming that you're asking if you might be able to sneak it open without them looking. Well, I, I... How open is this cracked vial of blood and spikes? Um, so think of it like somewhere between a large, or somewhat about the size of a pickle jar, is what I'm imagining. Um, so the crack is not so bad that all the blood has leaked out already. 
No, and I would give you more information on that, uh, but that's what the wits roll was for. Okay. Um, you you haven't noticed exactly the state of how much blood is leaving. Um, you I will tell you that the uh yeah, handkerchief exactly at this point at is soaked. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're you're not. It's soaked. You can kind of feel that it's soaked. But that's all that you know about the state of how much blood so, is being lost by this container. Like, we're we're trying to take the side streets and stuff, and they're trying to cover for me. Because, like, right now, I think, like, three of us are covered in blood. Um, I don't know if you're necessarily covered in blood. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you're trying to move quickly and furtively. Not. And they're, uh, they're trying to conceal the fact that you're carrying anything. Alright, so they're working in concert with the... Yes. Alright. Go ahead and give me a physique roll. I like those. Oh, this roll. That dice has to be abandoned to the dark deep down. Wow. I'm just complete bonkers today with my rolls. Three ones is the best I have, and two nudges. Uh, with the two nudges, um, it's not a quick process. Um, you are not able to find your footing as well in the dark as you'd like to. Um, and it looks like some of the other ones are having trouble too. Uh, Snee seems to be struggling a little bit to move quickly and quietly, um, as well as live. Only Lady Fatine seems to really be, uh, moving with the kind of energy and grace that you would expect her to, um... So it, it takes a, a little while, uh, you're, some nerve-wracking time, uh, until finally you get into this small building. Um, and so um, when you get in there, uh, you recognize it as the same place that you had taken the rest of the group to uh, steal the bead of ATM from them. Uh, and you come inside and uh, Lady Fatine uh, bolts the door uh, closed behind you after everybody gets in. Alright. Lord Falcone will look around for a table. Uh yeah, there's a table in there. Um it's okay. it's very sparsely furnished, um, with very shabby furniture on this top floor. Uh you know that there's some better furniture in the trapdoor beneath, but there is a table. Alright. Uh he's going to set down the vial or the jar, point at it and say, We need to fix that somehow. Well, uh, I'm open to ideas if you've got any. I I kind of don't keep any glass jars lying around. I'm not sure if these guys do. Um, and uh, Lady Fatine kind of just gives a small shrug when Snee looks towards her. This is your guys' place. I don't know what you have here. It's, a, it's a bug-out place. We don't have anything here. We keep hot merchandise in the basement, and that's it. We're all out of hot merchandise at the moment. Send somebody go find something nearby. Uh, Lady Fatine, or give me a charm roll. What is that? Horrible, horrible ideas with this three. <laughs> they don't like me because at least I'm straight up with them when I rob them. But you did rob them. Uh, one and two nudges, again. That's... <laughs> I I cannot make this up. This is bad. The nudges are there. I just need actual rolls. 
Um, and I suppose you want me to be the one to go get it for you, too. No, Falcom, I think we'll keep the same number of people here, just to make sure that everything stays equitable. You have no worries about me. You saw what I, who I sided with earlier. The, the man's got I, a point, Fatim. I, we can at I'm least just... keep it civil here. Uh, the the, the blood is that is blood right that's I, that's blood that's a lot of blood that that is a problem um could we maybe tip the jar upside down or i don't is there any other solution we, i don't know how we fix a broken glass jar um you know that that flew out the window with tajmil's bird <laughs> you are a smarter man than me snee and i got nothing Besides going to buy another jar and maybe salvaging some of this. Yeah, I know I, this is not the time for a grocery store visit, but we need a jar. Uh, I think I'm going to leave it right there for a second. And <laughs> let's... a uh, really pressing moment. I just envisioned the scene. You know, like three people, a little bit of blood everywhere, rushed, just ran through the streets in the dark. You know, sitting around looking at a jar of spikes and blood dripping out on a table. <laughs> yeah. We need a jar. <laughs> like, a damn pot. it. Who says Who it needs to be a glass jar? I mean, anything is where my mind was at. Anything that would hold it to an extent. Yeah, yeah. But, like. But, yeah, as you look around that space, there, you know, there's no it, kitchen no, to cook in. it's a safe house. Yeah. yeah. It's. It, it does not have, like, maybe somebody brought a coffee cup or something. There's a teacup <laughs> in the corner, yeah, but it's not going to do For some bill. reason, there was a teacup on the black market, and they bought it. I wonder where it came from. <laughs> yeah, wait, didn't Tony bring tea on one of his trips? Teacup. No, it got back. It got <laughs> turned back in. Oh, wait, right. He brought, he brought that one back. He had, like, the tray table strapped to his neck. Alright, so... Um, let's jump over to Tajmil. Um, Tajmil, you wake up, uh, your neck is incredibly sore. Um, you take a couple of deep breaths, and your throat itself feels very sore. Um, you, you're, have a vague recollection of what happened. You do know what happened, but it's sort of hazy. Um, and you wake up to this figure standing over top of you. Um, looming in a mist cloak, um, which if you don't remember what that looks like, um, it's like what you would assume a normal cloak would look like, except for the back end, uh, is not one continuous piece of fabric. It's a whole bunch of different slits of tassels. Um, and he's, uh, standing over top of you and he says, wasing the knowing of my spikes? Oh, <coughs> what? Uh, he reaches down and he grabs a hold of you. Um, you are pulled bodily into the air um, by your clothing, uh, very reminiscent of what just happened to you, um, and held up into the air. And he looks into your eyes um, and you see a, a kind of cold anger burning there. And he says, where are my spikes? Your spikes? Oh, you mean that those things that that lady that just really hurted my neck took? 
Uh, give me a spirit roll. Oh boy. Okay, spirit is it's down. So it's only five, right? Um, correct. I spent two. Okay. I well, I didn't. We didn't get any sort of a breather when I was there on the ground. No, no, no. you did not get oh, any sort of rest on, while you were oh. recovering from your asphyxiation. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> while well, you just okay. got blood air choked by somebody. It looks WWE like two, style. Two threes, a one, a two, and a four. Um, on the outskirts of your emotion, um, you feel this kind of pressure um, that like is pushing in on certain emotions, uh, as well as one that's trying like to what ramp emotions? up. Um, it feels like you're, they're trying to make you less make me angry, less brave. Um, they're trying to increase your fear. Okay. And they're trying to increase your eagerness to please. Um, but you've kind of gotten used to this sort of pressure on your emotions. Um, and you're able to kind of push it off to the side and ignore it. Okay. So, like, I guess injury-wise, because this was, I was looking up what the grave burden is. Is there anything that's going to affect my mobility? Because I say this, like, I don't think I have any other broken bones that I know of. No, your your mobility is not going to be... Okay. Um, and I'm not... Mostly this grave burden is going to help other people work against you. Okay. Okay, so I would get up and I would, like, try and d brush off and you said I'm... You say I'm able to fight through these emotions. Uh, yeah, but to clarify, he is holding you by your shirt and your feet Still? are off. Yeah, and your feet are off the ground. Oh, man. Do I got my little coin purse with me? Uh, you do not have it. Oh, God. That would be um, interesting if he did, though, right? I know. Yeah, I'd be able to throw the whole thing at him and push off of it or something. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, is that is this guy like... What was the build of the lady? She had that iron grab that I could not like do anything to except for get my neck crushed. Oh yeah, he's got that plus everything else. Oh. Um. Okay, listen, dude. I'll do whatever you want. Just don't hurt my throat. It's really sore. This uh. Rusting. This rusting witch came up to me and she squeezed my neck so hard so I'll do whatever you want <laughs> tell me what you know what I know is this I know that you've got a really sore neck after somebody grabs the hell of it like that lady did that was bullshit ah um you uh let, let's see, what what would Spook do in this situation? Um, I think he's going to hit you with another blast of uh, Alamancy, so give me another spirit oh, roll. Oh, shit. Another five. Oh, fuck. I got two fives, a six, a one, and a three. <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah, that's the problem with you having such a high spirit. Um, again, you feel like this an increasing pressure. Um, this one is much more powerful than the last one was on the same emotions, and you're again able to just kind of shrug it off. Um, and uh, at that point, when he doesn't see like any difference in like the, because I assume you're kind of meeting him eye for eye 
Uh, it feels like a very Taj Mule thing to do. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to not get that neck hurt. Cause, uh, <laughs> um, so I think at that point, um, he is going to put you down and kind of reassess you up and down um, and give you a good look. Is my bird with me? I forgot to ask about that. Uh, I You sent him after um, Lord Falcone. Okay, and I, I did. think I when Lord Falcone, like, I think they closed up the door after that. Oh, shit, so he's trapped somewhere? Like, then the tra- the trap door towards where you were, so he's at least car- he's kept from you. Um, okay, alright. As, uh, he's looking at you, um, you notice his attention- Cannon-wise, cannon really quick, cannon-wise, uh- Todd, or, uh, Sonichu knows whenever he's not around me to go to, like, the grown-up, so, like, he goes to, like, Falcone or Merida or Tony sometimes. Uh, I, I will keep that I in mind. I just don't want him to get lost. I just don't want him to get trapped in some attic or something. I, I will keep that in mind. Um, okay. And I, I, I was on the same page. I would not oh. normally let you be like, no, this is what happens. But uh, I was on the same page. He is a homing crow, a message crow. Um, okay. He he will yeah, go to the next adult in the room. Um, is Falcone? Uh, well, he already tried Falcone. So it'd be Merida next. No offense, Tony, but I mean, <laughs> we're kind of on the same page when it comes to our characters. So. <laughs> I know Tony cares for animals. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's Tony he's does. going to Tony, Tony next because he likes Tony the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did have a nap session during that last battle. That is true. Um, so Spook looks past you down towards the uh, area where that cabinet was, um, and he drops you, um, and you are able to catch yourself uh, with your um, acrobatics. Uh, being Wait, used so to fall. How high up did he have me? Uh, you know, like a foot and a half. But like he wasn't oh, like okay. he kind of like just not only dropped you, but kind of like shoved you away. I um, didn't know if he was like eight feet tall, predator type of. Uh, no, he's a little lanky. Um, but he's I think he's got a pretty good arms reach at this point in his life. Um, it's a little hard to say for sure. But he gives you, like, a little shove, so you would, like, somebody without the kind of experience you have would have had a harder time staying on their feet. Um, He walks over to where this cabinet is, and he bends down, and you can, uh, give me a wits roll. Ooh, that's gonna be, like, three, I think. Uh, four. Four? Oh, it is four now. Okay. I, oh, I got two fives, a four, and a three. Uh, as he bends down, you can tell that he is taking in deep breath through his nostrils um, and really smelling the room. And he leans down and he picks up a tiny shard of glass and his other finger touches a spot on the floor. And when he brings it back up, it comes up red. The floor does? Uh, his finger does, where he touched the floor. Well, because if it's all covered in blood, right? Not like... Yeah. Or are we talking like... Okay, I thought it was like glowing red or something. Um, wh- do, do I know what's going on? Because this seems like this is some pretty esoteric, deep... Um, I don't know if I... So he's basically uh, using the same power that Merida has. Um, because she's a tin eye. She's able to enhance all of her senses. 
And so when he is holding you up, he I rolled his uh, tin for him, and he got a nice whiff of the blood and was able to go over there and find out where it was. Oh, so he's able to track what happened then in the room? Is that Am I hearing that right? Um, Kind of. He at least smelled the blood. Okay. And that was from Lord Falcone. Uh, that's from the jar. Oh, that's leaking. Yeah, when, when you dropped okay. the jar, he found the broken piece of glass and the blood. Well, then I would probably say to him, see that jar? You know what happened? I was trying to help you out because... I've got some powers of my own, mister. I can see into the future, I guess. Um, and um, if you teach me how to do all this stuff you're over here doing with your finger on the floor and stuff, I will steal you that jar back, lickety-split. Hajbil negotiates like a heroin junkie. <laughs> kind of, yes. Yeah, he, I mean, he's not far... He's a trashy person, let's be honest. Okay. I was gonna steal your stuff, but I got choked out. But I'm, I'll steal your stuff back, man. <laughs> yeah, listen, don't you just don't hurt my neck, bro. I'll do whatever you want, man. You got any smack? No, yeah, and, I, like, and I'll, I'll only charge you a little bit for it. <laughs> here's the thing I don't understand. I have eleven damage, but I have a nine health. So, um, you can keep it at eleven for now. Um, <laughs> oh, all shit. of your die rolls have a negative something penalty that I have to look up. So I should have been rolling those at a negative then. Probably, but you also have an excessive spirit, so I'm not too concerned about it, and I'm not willing to go back and Let me see here. Redo all of that. Wounded. Okay. Um defeated is zero. Is that that's for resilience. Health of zero. Loses two in any attribute. Okay, going forward. I have minus two in any attribute. Okay. Um, so, uh, but I would, I would try and negotiate my way out of this with this guy, because it seems like that he could very easily kill me if he wanted to in an instant. Um, as you're saying all of this, you see him roll his eyes, and he kind of, uh, gives you a flat look, and he says, I'm getting to get a picture of why you were double-crossed. <laughs> What? Are you saying I'm I'm dumb? I just have been bad up on luck, you know? It's not it, it's I blame I blame this on number 1, the Grove Street Ballers, my old crew. Give they me a physique roll. Cross- oh boy, so two two dice. Oh my god. I got a 1 and a 3. Um you snatch at the last instant and fumble as you feel your um other steel pushing vial, leave your belt and go flying into his hand. I didn't even remember I had that. Can I have that back now? Um, he pops them. open the cork and he drinks the contents of the vial. What the rust? Why did you do that? Do you have any uh, left in your reserves? Oh, I think I do have two, don't I? Um, I think you still have a, a decent amount of charges. Like, I I have five charges on it. Um, so you probably wait, no, used, that's steel pushing. That's steel pushing. Um, there's three charges in a vial. Um, I've got two vials though. Uh, no, because you took one to start the mission, and he just took your okay. other one. All right. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and say that you have a charge and a half left. Um, okay. 
you're coming with me to get my spikes back. And if you try anything, I've got much more medals than you do. So, just... Well, maybe we can work out a deal then. I'm trying to make a little cash over here, guy. I gotta get my neck fixed up ever since I got it dinged back there from that rusting witch. Rule one, you keep your mouth shut. Rule two, all right, all you right. stay close. Rule three, you got it. I will make you my own deal when we get my spikes back. Rule 34, there's probably <laughs> some deviant art for it. Uh, let's jump back to Tony and Elsewhere Merida. in the world, Octung! <laughs> That's exactly what we're going to cut to. Uh, Sanachu flies above the city, um, above the manor specifically, until uh, finally he sees Tony and Merida being escorted out uh, by the Lord Mistborn Steward. And um, as soon as you guys are outside of the gates, uh, Sanachu comes sailing straight <laughs> into the back of Tony's head, uh, head screaming, Octong! Octong! <gasps> Sanachu, what's wrong? And, and Tony, like, tries to, tries to, like, give him a perch on his hand. Um, Sanachu, like, lands on it and then kind of grabs your hand with his talons and starts flapping towards the manor. Merida, I think I think he wants us to follow. I don't. Uh, isn't that one of the words he can say? Follow, follow. See, he wants us to follow, and and Tony just immediately like starts going in the direction that uh, Sonichu's pulling him. That is a horrible idea. Please don't do that. She does say this. Tony's yeah. already walking. Uh, you get to the gate. And the guard there um, steps in your way and says, Sorry, sir, order of the Lord Mistborn Steward, you're not allowed on the grounds. Um, Sanachu still freaking out? He's still, like, trying to pull you towards the- them through the gate. Uh, I, 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 Sanachu is really upset. I, I think he left something in there. Uh, the bird... Does not supersede the orders of the Lord Mistborn Steward, sir. Can you help him find whatever he lost, then? Uh, he he looks from the bird to you, and he just shakes his head. Alright, well, who who can help? Tony is going to, like, immediately flare this guy's sense of urgency. Uh, give me an Alamancy roll. Plus one if you're flaring. I don't know if you were saying that descriptively or if you meant you were actually flaring. No, I meant that I was actually flaring. I got gotcha. fives. Uh, yeah, um, so he uh, he definitely looks like he's been softened up a little bit. Um, I do think I'm going to need to stick with the original rules in this case. Um, and I will need either a charm roll or a resources roll to either convince him or bribe him. But you will get plus yeah, one to charm. that roll. Charm, charm, charm. What is my charm right now? Six. Great. So that's a seven? Yep. Threes and two nudges. Uh, with threes and two nudges, um, he pulls you over to a gatehouse, um, and he brings you to another officer who is sitting um, in that ha- uh, little structure, 
And he says, um, this gentleman is not allowed on the premises, but says that he lost something. Um, or can we like take some notes or I don't do something for him? He seems like a nice lad and he's been very polite since I told him he wasn't allowed inside the ground. So if we could just find something to do for him, you know, I'd appreciate it. And, um, the other, uh, guard kind of looks at him and says, Steve, you were such a soft heart, but fine. I will take care of this again for you. Uh, sir, come take a seat. All right. Tony goes and, and sits down. Uh, what's your name? And he pulls out, like, a form, and he uh, starts writing on it. Uh, Tony. Uh, Tony, and what is, is it? this is And he looks at the bird. Okay. Tony and Sonichu. Uh, what is it that you've lost? I don't know. Sonichu is just really upset and wants to go look. He looks back up. The bird. The bird. Octong! Octong! Mm. See? He's upset. He, uh, pauses for a second, and he looks back down, and he writes down, Sonichu the bird is upset. <laughs> <laughs> And Tony starts. How, how do you spell Sonichu? Yeah, yeah. Can you spell that for me? <laughs> it's a um, little bit uh, out of my common vernacular. I, I, I'm not good at spelling. Okay, well, um, do you, you can know, draw a picture Sonichu of Sonichu. Spelled, He's it's, very picturesque. S O N I C H U. Do you do you know why your bird is upset? No, he he just keeps he keeps pulling me in that direction. I have a feeling something bad happened. Tony, he writes, the owner of the bird believes something bad has happened. Uh, is, is there any out loud as he's writing or just writing it? No, he's just writing it. Um, okay. And then uh, he looks up one more time and he's just like, "Is there anything else you can tell me?" Um. Oh, his owner is Tajmil. And I haven't seen him lately, so maybe the bird is looking for Tajmil. Uh, and he writes, he scribbles out owner of the bird. He writes, <laughs> believes bird is searching for his owner, Tajmil. Well, um, thank you for uh, bringing this to our attention, uh, Mr. Tony. Um, I think that uh, we have enough information to take it from here. Uh, believe me, I will conduct Okay, a, great. Uh, and Tony hands him a sonnet <laughs> <laughs> uh, Before he, he can finish, he, he's he's holding Sonichu, and uh, Sonichu kind of pecks at him a couple times. So he like kind of drops him, and Sonichu like flaps his wings and like flies over and sits on top of a bookcase where he just starts screaming, "Octong, Octong!" <laughs> yeah, I think he really needs something. Uh, I, if you, if you, can you take the bird and we will do the rest? I don't want the bird. I, I mean, I don't think the bird's going anywhere. He's, he's really insisting on coming here. Uh, I'll tell you what, um, why don't you come back and check in a day or two and I'll tell you what I've figured out. Okay. Sonichu, I think we need to go. And Tony starts, like, trying to wave him down. 
Um, I think that, like, if you start heading towards the door and, like, you open the door, Sonichu flies towards you. Oh, no, I was actually literally having Tony, like, standing in front of the guard, like, waving to himself. Oh. <laughs> um, Sonichu does not react unless you move towards the door, I think. I, I don't think he wants to go. Well, if you just... I, I suppose that we can handle him here for now. Um, believe me, nothing will happen to the bird. We will find this Tajmil and you come back in the next day. Okay, thank you very much. And Tony goes to, like, shake his hand, you know, with, like, the, you know, both hands. i almost pleading. Um, yeah, he shakes your hand. Uh, as soon as you turn your back... Um, he takes the, uh, paper that he's been filling out and he puts it in the garbage can. Um, and Sonichu flies down, grabs it, and flies out the door behind you. Oh, the door towards the, back towards the keep? Yeah, like, well, like, the door to the outside that you were brought in at. Oh, okay, so he follows. Yeah. So he's behind me? Do I see him? Does he perch? Uh, he'll, he'll come back and he'll land on your shoulder, um, clutching the piece of paper. Oh, you did come, Sonichu. Great. What's that? And Tony sees the paper. Oh, Mr. Guard, I think you dropped this. Sonichu picked it up. <clears throat> oh, oh, wow. Oh, uh, yeah. Th- thank you. I, I will, I will look into this right away. Um, and he takes the paper and he closes, like, he opens the door just enough to get the paper from you. Uh, but like warily watching Sonichu and then closes it right back up immediately behind getting the paper. Okay, and then Tony leaves. To um, let's uh, then jump back to Lord Falcom. Um, you know, maybe our best option is just to get it to Alloy as soon as possible. Is he ready to receive it? I I thought that whatever we had it we could just dig into him. I don't know what hours he keeps. Um it I guess the blood is a problem. The blood is a problem. <laughs> Getting through the streets cuz like what what's our is our designated drop off the same area that he's always kept? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it'd be the same house. So. So we're not supposed to cause problems in his neighborhood. Running through the streets with a jar of bloody spikes is going to cause problems, right? Well, um, not if no one sees it. At this time of night, where are we going to get something to hold this blood in? Without I don't moving know. Go it. rob the lady next door. You'll never come back here ever again. Uh, give me a... Let's make it an influence roll this time, so that way it's just a little easier for you. Oh, okay. So it's it's a four. So I have, I have one spit influence. Oh, that's a pair of fours. Um, Liv uh, nods to Lady Fatine, who nods back, and she kind of slips away. Um... We're we're wasting precious time here, but I suppose that doesn't matter in the long run. Um, Would he rather have the 
I don't know. I feel like if we deliver it to him in a broken jar, we've just delivered to him a problem. And I don't feel like I want to give Alloy a problem. That's a fair point. You know, like, that's a guy who doesn't seem like he uh, handles problems well. We're supposed to be the solution. We need to get our shit together. Our, our rust and ruins all in order. <laughs> get our rust and ruins in a line. <laughs> uh, I suppose uh, then it's a good time to talk about the fact that we don't have the book. I have those notes, though, right? You were not sure what those notes yeah. were. No, I yeah, I know I don't know what they are, but I do have them. Yes. I'm just clarifying. Falcom is going to uh say that's less than ideal, but we have these, which is still a, a payoff. Well, I uh I just hope that's good enough, because he was pretty adamant that he wanted that book. Well, we can deliver this part now, and then work on part two later. The book wasn't where it was supposed to be. I I didn't go down there. Oh, believe me, there was nothing else in that room. Any of us can attest to that. The only thing left down there when we left was Tajmil. Well... If we have to go back after the book, it's going to be much more complicated, but we'll cross that when we get there. Well, then I suppose there's nothing left to do but wait. Uh, Lord Falcom is, like, going to go into a side room under the pretenses of freshening up. Because he was holding the bloody jar handkerchief combo. Uh, are you taking the jar with you? No. Okay. But he's taking all his stuff with him. Gotcha. Uh, did you have something else in mind, or are we at a good place to uh, go ahead and stop the episode? I was going to see if he could decipher those notes while he was alone, to see if those did hold any importance. Uh, go ahead and give me a wits roll. That's a pair of fives. Uh, with a pair of fives, you recognize this as being uh, detailed notes on the location of location and material of the spike for um, steel inquisitors, and so uh, very similar to the hemallurgy chart that can be found in the uh, Hero of Ages leatherbound edition. Um, it's not as detailed as that, and it's only about. Uh, two different types of spikes, but like it's very in-depth notes about what kind of spike it was, where it was placed, what it was supposed to do on those two particular spikes. All right, so now that we're here, we have to cover another subject before it gets away. How much does Feldar know about hemallergy? I think that he knows enough to know enough. Yeah, no, I, I, I know that, but like, he he knows what the spikes are used for, and knows all about the Steel Inquisitors, obviously. That was kind of an open secret. But uh, was, being a hemallergic creation himself, 
Yeah, like, exactly. and I think like being as aware of it as they are, considering they have such perfect control of their bodies. Um, he, uh, it feels like it's pretty impossible for a Chondra not to be familiar with what it does. All right. Well, we can cut there. Yeah, I think that's a great place for us to stop for the episode. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us for season three. Um, you know, you've been here for five, this will be your fifth season now, if you're still listening to us. And, uh, that feels really special. So, uh, thank you for sticking with us so long. And, uh, you know, I hope you enjoy it as much as we do, because we have a lot of fun. And we'll be back again in two weeks' time. Thank you. Bye. 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 Mistborn and all related properties are owned by Brandon Sanderson and Dragonsteel Entertainment. The Mistborn Adventure Game is a product of Crafty Games. Special thanks to Steve Argyle for letting us use his artwork for the logo, and to Boardroom Design for putting the logo together for us. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at LLOS Podcast. Or give us an email at lostlegendsofscadriel at gmail.com. We hope that you'll like and share and give us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. So, Trevor, I'm going to say something right now as we're recording a uh, semi-regular production. You I, don't have dice. Yeah, they're, they're, hold on one moment. <laughs> uh, if we take a quick interlude on this already short episode. I can, Start with I Lord Falcombe, they said. If, it, if, it's, if it's that important for you. I have my dice. I can tray. roll dice for you. No, I don't want you to roll dice for me. <laughs> um, I, go I get I'd your roll dice. Them on roll twenty first. That's um.